0: We recently announced new capabilities related to named replicas in Azure SQL Database Hyperscale. Learn all about it in this episode of Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed. Today, I'm joined by Davide Mowry, a Program Manager on the Azure SQL team. Davide, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey Anna, thanks you for having me again.
0: Always a pleasure to have you <laughs> on data exposed. And before we get into it, uh, can you explain just to our viewers a little bit about what you do?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I have a lot of to say about myself. no just kidding. Uh, I prepared a slide uh, just to make sure that I remember everything. so I've been a uh, uh, MVP for 12 years, and now uh, you know after the you know all that time spent on SQL Server, I'm actually part of the Azure SQL PM. And my job as Azure SQL PM is to make sure that we listen to customer, that we understand what the market is asking, that we came up with some interesting features to add to the product, and make that happen. So pretty cool, pretty interesting for me. I'm also very active in the community, as you can see. So I have website, dev blogs, uh, you know, in several places. But most importantly, last year with you and many other we we wrote a book uh, called practical azure sql database for modern developer with, uh, which tries to summarize everything a uh, modern developer should know to take advantage of azure sql to create uh, you know modern application you know using microservices uh, uh, or not maybe but in general using everything that uh, azure sql offers which is a lot and uh, and no matter which language they are using, so Python.NET, Java, you know, uh, everything, because Azure SQL can be used with everything and every operating system. So um, I I'm, I'm, was super happy and proud to have this book written, and I'm pretty sure the developer will enjoy it a oh, lot. That's everything about myself.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on the show, Davide. We're excited to have you. And, yeah, it's always nice to plug the book. Um, there's no bias from us at all, uh, but oh, we'd right. love for you to uh, check it out. <laughs> But uh, today, we're going to be talking about a really exciting topic uh, related mm-hmm. to hyperscale. And I think a lot of our viewers have kind of learned a little bit about hyperscale and understand it has you know, support for limitless storage in theory. Um, but today, I wanted to spend some time learning a little bit more about replicas and how they work in Azure SQL hyperscale. So I was wondering if you could start, uh, start there by talking to us about replicas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So just let me do a step back uh, and uh, refresh uh, our our listener and watchers, how Hyperscale works. So basically in Hyperscale, uh, we have completely restructured and re-architecture uh, the the storage system uh, of a SQL Server or Azure SQL, and we have now a primary compute node uh, where actually you connect uh, and run your query and send the read and write queries, uh, and then all the data needed there or changed there is actually sent to page server. Now I'm, I'm you know explaining it is a high level. There are more lot of a uh, lot of technical details into that. I, I think uh, uh, Denzil already did some presentation here, but uh, uh, you know what you need to know is that. Uh, Data lands in page server uh, and leaves in this uh, service, which is a set of distributed services that can elastically scale out. Uh, so we can easily add page server when you know more more space is needed. Uh, and this page server, the, the beauty is that they are not files; they are servers. So they can be used by other compute nodes, for example, the secondary compute nodes, and that's what we have today, or we have been having uh, uh, so far. Uh, uh, the secondary compute nodes that help uh, the primary compute node to have a higher availability. Sometimes they like, can also help uh, in read scale out option. Um, but the idea is that a secondary compute node is something that can help hyperscale to do something more, be it uh, a better SLA, be it a uh, uh, replica or, or replicating data in another region, be something else. So the whole idea of hyperscale replicas is that. Uh, a replica is basically a compute node. It can be a primary when it serves read and write operation, or a secondary if it provides scale out, high availability, or geo replication. And we have three types of replicas uh, today. Before we had only one. Uh, you know, we we always keep uh, uh, SQL uh, Azure SQL hyper scale improving. So we we decided to split these replicas in three different types. High availability, which is the one that people and developer are using so far. Uh, named replicas, which I will be discussing today, and which is in private preview, and georeplicas, which again is something that uh, Azure SQL add for other SKUs, we brought it also to hyperscale. A Georeplica involves a physical copy of data, while for example, high availability and named replica doesn't. Uh and but I will not be discussing geo replication today. Uh today I will be focusing on named replicas.
0: Awesome, cool. Let's uh let's dive into them. Wh- what can you tell us? Like what's the difference between high availability and named replicas? And tell us more about name because that yeah. seems to be pretty new.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, have availability replica uh, I said uh, what has been already always there. Uh, they are beautiful because they automatically allow you to fail over the primary and the secondary. Uh, It's super-fast, the failover usually happens in a matter of seconds. Uh, uh, I tested today 12 seconds, it took so super-fast. There are a few uh, drawbacks of high availability replicas due to the technology we we had to use to make it so fast. For example, they are not visible in the portal. You cannot go to the portal and see one of those uh, replica. Uh, You cannot access them directly because they don't expose uh, a connection string. You can access them using uh, an application intent uh, option in uh, in your connection string when connecting the primary. But uh, if you have more than one, there will be access to the route the robin. You cannot really choose where to go. Um, so again, it, the, they, their main purpose is high availability that then can also be used for something else, but uh, high availability is really what they are good at. And uh, and for that reason, their uh, service level objective is always in sync with the primary. So if your primary has Four cores. All the replicas also for, have also four cores, and in general, you can only, in quote only, have only four replicas. Which usually for uh, SLA, it's more than enough because if uh, you need 99.99% of availability, you can achieve that uh, using only two additional secondary replicas. Um, so if you need more, you can even increase the number of replicas or do the scale out uh, read only. But uh, as you can see, they are very good for HA they are decent uh, for a uh, uh, simple read scale out. Uh, but many customers doesn't have a sim- doesn't uh, um, require a simple uh, uh, scale out uh, option. They, they need some something much more complex. So that's why we created the Named replica. So with Named replicas, we basically allow you to have an independent compute node connected to the primary, uh, replica page servers. So we just uh, spin up a new compute node, connect to the existing page server, and you have a database that you can access to in a read-only, of course. This again means that it's super fast to be created. To be created, and You can have uh, up to 30 replicas because wow. we are using uh, different technologies, exactly, uh, than have a little bit replica. So you can really scale, scale out uh, immensely, I would say. And you can even have an independent service level objective. So let's say you have a uh, 20v core primary, you can decide to have uh, 30, 80v core replicas if you really need a huge amount of uh, read uh, read uh, um, you know power. Um, yeah, probably that that's going to be unlikely, but you know uh, for some customers that they want to do complex data science uh, or uh, you know analytical queries, that could happen. And. Uh, the beauty of named replicas is that since they are really visible like a regular database, uh, they also have a dedicated connection string, so you can connect to any of the named replicas you want, and they are manageable in the portal or via T-SQL, or via A-Z-C-L-I PowerShell, or REST API, like a regular database. So they really behave like a regular database with the exception that they are immediately created by uh, from the copy or a logical copy of the primary. Uh, another very interesting thing is that uh, they can have their own security configuration which means that you can create a named replica and you can give me access for example to that named replica but make and make sure that i cannot uh, connect to the primary so you i have a isolated uh, connection that can reach the data that you are actually changing uh, on the primary and that i can immediately see on my secondary and i can do Whatever query I want to do, especially you know uh, with uh, let's say you have 20 terabytes of base and you want to do some super complex analytical query, right. if I would run it on the primary, Good luck to your primary to be able to serve some <laughs> other workload, right? If I do it on the secondary, yeah, it's another compute node. So, literally, there is, there is no overlaps or, or resource contention. And creation is very fast. Uh, Named replica can be created in 10, 12 seconds. So, uh, again, wow. super fast. And yeah, it's very easy to create one, use it, and destroy it if it's not needed anymore.
0: Wow, this is pretty cool, Davide. and seems like some you know like pretty big technical advances to kind of get to where where we are. I mean, thirty replicas, create yeah. them in seconds. Like what are some use cases you're seeing from customers or you envision um, for this sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So the most natural and probably the easiest to think about is the massive OLTP scale out. For example, when you have mobile application or gaming application or, uh, running on a mobile, and you need to have a massive amount of uh, querying cap- capabilities because you need to update, you know, player statistics, player position, everything, and of course, the the amount of data that is read is uh, is immensely uh, higher than the data that is written. So it's very common to have one database the primary that can just do writes, and all the reads are. Uh, Sent uh, to the named replicas. The same, the same approach could be with e-commerce or shopping cart management, uh, or in general anything that needs. uh, uh, you know, a lot of reads compared to what is written. Well, again, for example, a website is another typical application of e-commerce, of course, and, and so on. But another use case, uh, completely on the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, is uh, near real-time uh, uh, hybrid transactional analytical processing. Like for example, you are ingesting data from IoT device. And you want to be able to run complex reporting on it uh, or you know update dashboards. And again, it's be- the, the beauty of named replicas is that you can have one primary ingesting the data and N secondaries uh, que- allow anyone to query the data, be it by a mobile application, be it by, a, for example, Power BI. And the secondary will not affect the performance of the primary, which will still be always ab- able to ingest IoT data, or you know, it could be maybe monitor instead of IoT. Or analytics, uh, for example, log application analytics, uh, uh, reporting, doing machine learning, uh, um, uh, scoring. So, lot of uh, lot of scenarios uh, are also uh, um, you know able on that side of uh, uh, the world. Uh, other few that comes to my mind, uh, as said before, isolated data access or data share. For example, I can take my entire database and give it to a data science, maybe it's another company, a data science department, and they can run any query without affecting the capability of my primary to run uh, a workload. And in general, also named replica are isolated even between each other. So even if you have 10 named replica using use it for something else in your department and then you want to give uh, one image replica to another department you can still do so and making sure that uh, none of the workload run replica will affect uh, the workload run another so it's it's very very nice to have this capability to have a uh, uh, you know, huge scale out scenarios and just to give you a couple of you know practical examples for example what we we have what we uh, you can create what we call the workload dependent service objective for example, uh, you, let's say your primary replica is an 8 v course, It's mm-hmm. an e-commerce website. Maybe what you can do is create a, a couple of named replicas, each one of 16 v cores, to allow the analyst and the market analyst to run, you know, any Power BI query they want uh, in real time on the data coming in uh, from your e-commerce. And maybe you also have a set of data scientists that they want to analyze, you know, basket analysis, correlation, whatever. And they need uh, to access it via Apache Spark, and you can do that. You can create a named replica that will only serve uh, workloads from coming from Apache Spark. So data scientists, analysts, uh, users, all online at the same time without affecting performance of each other. Beautiful. And last one is what uh, we call uh, the workload-dependent routing, which this is probably easier. Let's say you have a website, or better, an API, and this API is served. Uh, also to publish some data to a website that shows you know, using Vue or react or any of those nice uh, framework. And, uh, but many of your users are actually mobile user, and you want to make sure that uh, mobile user do not affect the performance of web user and vice versa. So you can create four named replicas to serve the request coming from the mobile app and two named replicas to serve the request coming from the web apps. Beautiful, very easy, wow. quick. And you know, you just select how many replicas create it and it's done. Or so very, yeah. very nice.
0: That's that's really cool. And and one thing about all this is I think you you can manage the security for each of these, so maybe does that help in giving like granular access permissions to different of these replicas? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I can choose uh, again to to say maybe I don't want the power b i users to be able to you know see some data that instead should be visible by the Apache users or for the mobile and web apps user uh, example I was doing before so. I can really decide also how granular I want my data to be shared so uh, that that enables a lot of very interesting scenarios that I'm pretty sure some customers already started asking us to uh, to implement and you know many more will probably take advantage of.
0: Awesome cool. Well hey, this has been super yeah. cool. I think what would be awesome is if you have something we'd love to see this in action.
1: So I created uh, um, a sample application, uh, which is actually also available on GitHub, uh, where we I created a simulator of a shopping cart controller, uh, just to simulate an e-commerce, very, very basic. Uh, and this is uh, deployed as a, a application running on Azure. And I also created, and this is again, everything is available in, uh, in GitHub, uh, also a test application that use Locust to simulate uh, some workload right so here i am simulating uh, uh, people adding data to the shopping cart people getting data from the shopping cart and someone doing some com- more complex operation that takes as you can see quite a lot of time right now if i run all of these uh, in just uh, one uh, one node and let me show you here here i created for example my here we go i created my solution so that uh, the API knows what are the named replicas available, uh-huh. and right now I'm not using any named replica, so all the workload uh, is sent to the primary to the primary compute node. So if I run this uh, very quickly and easily, create a new test, a hundred users, you will see that uh, uh, the the the, the fact that someone is running something very complex is also affecting uh, the ability of my users to put data in the shopping cart because the average time that each call to the shopping cart to add some some uh, uh, product uh, is taking uh, almost half a second and we know that uh, if you know a page takes too much to load or, or a api too much to respond you know, people will go away because they right. are used to have a very responsive uh, uh, time. So let's stop this, uh, just to make it easier to see. And uh, let me make sure that uh, my APIs now knows, and of course I coded this logic in my in my application. Uh, now knows that I can use couple of named replicas, and I created my named replicas in a very easy way. I Just did that. Alter oh, database wow. ads, so very easy. And please take. Again, uh, a couple of seconds. Um, So I did that. Uh, I now in my in my application I have a list of servers I can also use to send the read-only workload. And now I just have to run my my uh, test again, and you will see that the average time is way way lower than before, like thirty milliseconds instead of four hundred. Wow. this means that uh, all my read workload is now handled by another set of uh, servers. And uh, the write workload uh, is now free to run as fast as possible without uh, being interfered by, you know, this very complex query that is taking on average three seconds uh, to be executed and takes a lot of CPU time. Now, why uh, I told you before that uh, I put uh, in my application the logic. Uh, to uh, basically decide uh, where to send my uh, my query. Because this is exactly my uh, recommendation to developers. They should start to architect application so that uh, the application can decide which replica to use. If I'm sending a, write request i should of course send it to the primary replica but maybe i'm running a reporting request or analytical request or something else and then if i know which kind of uh, uh resource i need uh, in terms of uh, you know cpu how much resource i need to consume i can easily send it to the most correct named replica as i'm doing right now so if i want to improve this solution for example i could even decide to send only these Query, which is super complex, to a dedicated replica, maybe with twice the number of cores right. the other has, so it will be finished uh, as fast as possible. So I, I I think this is something that can really change the way and should really change the way developer, architect, modern application taking it into advantage the ability to quickly create uh, copies of data, destroy it if not needed, uh, and of course this can this can be all dynamic. Maybe during uh, the peak hours, I create more replica. During uh, you know low, low usage hours, I just send everything to the primary because it's just a bunch of uh, queries per, de- per, per hour maybe.
0: Thanks, Davide, That's been a really cool demo. and what I liked about it is like you showed us a couple different use cases for how you might use named replicas. So I'm seeing a lot of opportunities and I think our viewers probably are as well. You know as we start to kind of close out the episode, uh, can you give us or viewers like some tips and tricks or advice, mm-hmm. or is there anything else you want them to know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, uh, uh, let's make sure that everyone knows that this is a public preview. So it feels like GA has all the feature uh, of GA, and pricing is also like GA, but it's still in preview, which means that we are you know, first of all we are not expecting an issue. But if you encounter any, uh, just uh, send me an email with uh, you know the feedback or uh, whatever uh, problem we had, uh, and we'll be super happy to help. Second is that uh, pricing uh, is also amazing, and this is another thing to keep in mind when architecting solution. Why scaling out is better than scaling up? Because uh, named replicas are priced uh, with automatic uh, Azure I B benefit applied, which means roughly thirty percent less than a uh, usual database cost. So this means that if I can architect my solution to scale out instead of scaling up, I can easily, you know, uh, uh, spare thirty uh, percent. Uh, of the cost uh, of running my entire solution, which is uh, you know <laughs> quite an important yeah. part of uh, the total cost. So yeah, that's that's something that people should keep in mind absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Xavier, for coming on the show. This has been really useful. I've learned a lot. I know our viewers have learned a lot. We're going to put some links in the description for folks Mm -hmm. to go deeper, Um, so we encourage our viewers to check this out. To our viewers, if you like this episode, go ahead, give it a like, subscribe to our channel, and we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed.
1: Thank you, bye.